Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Astro Energy Astrology Show on Blog Talk Radio with me, astrologer Shelley Overton. Each week we go over the planetary positions, discuss astrology, and take callers' questions. If you would like to call in and get a reading, you can call 347-994-3365. Call in early as the lines fill up. Welcome to the January 21st, 2020, 2020 edition of the Astro Energy Astrology Show with me, your astrologer, Shelly Overton. I live in Orlando, Florida, and I want to tell you it's a rather nippy day today. I woke up and it was 47 degrees out today. When, no, I take it back. It was even colder than that, 44 So, um, yeah, we're getting a bit of the nip of the northern climbs here in Orlando, and it's going to be gorgeous, though. The sun is out. The sky is clear. I love days like that. It reminds me of Colorado. But anyway, I am here to tell you about astrology today, and I just called up. I've got 10 charts on my computer right now, and I have to tell you, I have my computer back. I'm so happy. It was not near and so I was a little bit um, out of my element, but now it's where I am. And so I have easy access and I'm very happy about that. So I just did a chart for now and we have a Pisces rising in Orlando. And that means that we have Venus and Neptune in the 12th house. Now, do you have that right now? Probably not. Um, That's unless you're in Orlando or Florida or somewhere on the East Coast, you're probably not going to share this chart. But Talking about it does ground me a bit, so um, I'm just going to do that. Anyway, Pisces is a wonderful rising sign because it keeps us a little, we're very mellow, we're accepting, we're laid back, we aren't all in our hyper energy or anxiety. Usually we're much more intuitive and, um, like I said, chill. So today we have a moon at 22 degrees of Sagittarius, and the moon is talking up there to Mars at 12 degrees of Sagittarius, and right now the moon is at the midheaven here where I'm at, and so if the moon is in the middle of the sky, it means that we have the energy of home and family and mother and nurturing all in our thoughts and taking center stage. Moon in Sagittarius means that we are looking to other countries or other energies, foreign energy, and we include it. We incorporate foreigners and foreign culture, and we are fascinated by it. And since the moon has been there for over a day, we've been able to really check out other people's lifestyles 
And we like to think about traveling. We like to think about music and musicians are ruled under Sagittarius, especially moon in Sagittarius. There's some energy around the home and thinking about a potential of moving. We also have Mars in Sagittarius. So we are expressing a fire energy of Sagittarius and uh, wanting to always be on the go. So if you've been feeling that lately, that's a strong reason why. Now, that being said, Mars is squaring Venus today, and Venus is about three degrees from an exact square, and I just had my daughter run my planner in from the car before while we were starting the show, so I will just call up today. I'm a week behind her on this planner. There we go. So uh, actually, let me see. Venus, Venus, Venus joins up, or excuse me, squares Mars and does it even have it in here? That's really strange. It should be on today's date, but it doesn't even show it. So, um, oh, I'm sorry. That's why. You know why? Because I'm thinking Venus is moving as fast as the moon. It's not. <laughs> Venus moves slower than the moon, and she takes almost a day to go a degree. So it'll be about three days from now she squares. And so um, I'm still looking for it. Not seeing it. Okay. Be that way. Well, I wish I could tell you what it is, but I don't see it. Oh, there it is. Okay. Wow, it's a lot longer than I thought. Sorry about that. It's Sunday, Sunday the 26th. That's why I didn't see it. A little bit farther down the road. So 8.37 p.m. on Sunday Eastern Time, 5.37 p.m. Pacific. And what does that mean? Venus is in Pisces, so she is in her passive mode, her feminine mode. She's receptive. She's loving. She is kind of sentimental looking towards the past, um, wanting to integrate past energies, past storylines into the now. I mentioned last week you may have people come up from the past. I also this week had two different people. Um, I ran into a friend I haven't seen in a long time at Target, and then I had another friend that I also do business with, and for actually, and she kind of popped up as well. So I'm just trying. Oh, and then another friend. (laughs) in Colorado called me out of the blue because I had forgotten to text message back. And he is definitely, he's about a 30 year friendship. So uh, yeah, the past is definitely a significant role right now. When Venus squares Mars, you have conflict of male and female themes. So receptive versus active. Mars is very active in Sagittarius. He's looking to get things done, to be on the go, get it done, travel here, travel there, make connections and move on. And Venus is like, I don't want to go anywhere. I just want to sit here and be in my little cocoon and paint. And that's what she wants to do. And what is reinforcing her energy is Neptune. Neptune is saying, yes, this is what we are meant to do. We are meant to be receptive and understand the universe and the world and just be in our peace and meditative state and really send out universal love to everybody. So uh, interestingly, Venus and Neptune are joining up and the moon just joined Mars and they are still both in Sagittarius only 10 degrees apart. So uh, they are still very much influencing what's going on and they are influencing in a way that highlights what's going on because the moon is a light in the sky. It reflects the sun. The sun today 
is at one degree of Aquarius. So happy birthday, all you Aquarians. Tell you, um, I like this energy. It's really interesting because I have a Scorpio rising. You wouldn't think I would like it because Scorpio is very dark, deep brooding kind of um, intense energy, which is probably why I like it because it's very much clear, light, bright, um, detached. And that's what Aquarius can do for Scorpio. And honestly, you know, any earth signs or water signs, Aquarius shows a different way. It says, you know what, earth signs, you don't have to be so analytical. You don't have to be so grounded in your dogma and in your uh, stubbornness. You can look to a brighter, larger picture that is more inclusive and more integrated with friends and networking and connecting to other people. And so and you can also connect to your own soul group, your, your own people, which is really awesome. But, um, you know, having that Aquarius, uh, Scorpio square, Scorpio is very passionate and wants to find out information. The beauty of Aquarius is it tells the truth. It tells the information to everyone. And so where Scorpio kind of revels in going deep and digging up under rocks and in old papers and really finding out information that nobody has seen forever, uh, Aquarius has a download of information that it just understands things. It, it, information is electrical in its world. And so when we have this Aquarius Sun and Aquarius Mercury, especially, information is just popping into our heads. We may not be able to shut it off, but I will give you a little exercise that I did, you know, when I first started doing all this stuff, I was well, more of the um, intuitive and meditative things in my world, I started um, a couple things, actually. The first thing I'm going to tell you before I forget it, which is trust what you're getting. Don't second guess it. Second guessing it is your head. Information pops in and we go, that can't be right. When we say that can't be right, then we're questioning it and we're running it through our analytical mind. What you have to do is first off, trust what you're getting as accurate as true it's not crazy you're not crazy you're actually getting it and number two um it's it's a process that you have to build your trust in it and um there was one other thing i wanted to tell you about that too what the heck was it okay well (laughs) trust the process (laughs) it went out of my head but it'll pop back in Um, So anyway, Aquarius is very much um, the intuitive side. And, um, oh, I know what it was. Uh, When intuition comes in, when something comes in your head, and it may come in in a phrase or a word, that information will feel different than a thought. And so when intuitive information comes into your head, sit with it for a second and see, does this feel generated by me? Like, is is this something that I generated or is it something that came to me as if it were a conversation? If it's more like a conversation, then that's spirit. That's not your thoughts. Your thoughts are self-created, so to speak. And there is a definite intuitive difference between the two. You can feel it. And when I first started doing this, I really recognize the difference between the two and it really made a difference in trusting my intuition. So 
So give that a shot whenever something comes in. And now I will have words. I mean, I've had a number of different words that are common in today's vernacular that weren't even in the vernacular of our society before, but I have words repeating in my head and it's like, snarky what is snarky I mean I know what I intuitively knew what snarky was but I had never heard anybody say that word and I'd never seen it written it just came into my head and I knew it meant a little catty a little you know stressy kind of energy coming out of words I knew that's what snarky meant without anyone telling me and I ever having heard it before so that kind of thing can happen to you if you just pay attention and Aquarius energy is lit up for this type of thing to happen Okay, so let me race through some of this a little bit faster so I can get to the other part of our discussion, which is the election. And I don't know, I know that's going to be an ongoing discussion because there's just so much information. There's so much more than I can even cover in one or two shows, given the time that I have. But um, so anyway, getting on with what's going on this week and in the sky, Jupiter's at Capricorn, 11 degrees, and Pluto is up there at 23, Capricorn still Saturn's at 23 also. They're separated by minutes. So Pluto and Saturn are still in the same degree in the same part of the sky, but the sun has now moved on to Aquarius. And again, like I said, he is next to Mercury. So sun is ego, sense of self. Saturn at 23 Capricorn is in the last decant of the particular uh, sign of Capricorn. So he is in the Virgo decant, which means getting to work taken to task what are we going to do and so for the next uh, two and two months until he goes into Aquarius he is really working hard to wrap up the story that probably also associates to the impeachment trial Um, I think it starts tomorrow but I'm not totally positive about that that's not even something I'm really going to touch on today because politics could, like I said, just take up huge quantities of my time on this show. But um, anyway, and then we have Venus and Neptune conjunct. So that also means that she is really getting a download from the energy of Neptune. So she's more watery. She's more intuitive. She wants to sleep. Um, We're able to remember our dreams more at this time. We're more, um, what's the word, inspired in our art, in our arts, whatever we use to express the spirit in our lives are much more awake and alert to new and different types of energy coming in and emotions. And art may be more um, intuitive to the collective, that it may be tuned in more to where we're at as a society. I would say probably more feminine art. I had a friend who's a fairly new friend, and I'm going to be doing a lot of great stuff with her as well. I have a couple friends I'm doing some spirit fairs here in Orlando with. And um, and I, she posted a photo yesterday that I just thought was really beautiful, so I drew it out. And it's her holding a quartz or a crystal of some sort. I can't remember what color. It's like purples maybe. So it might be an amethyst heart. But um, she was holding this beautiful heart-shaped crystal and it just was so stunning the the uh, photo so I drew it and right now being inspired by beauty and uh, feminine energy is definitely very strong 
So we have Uranus at two degrees of Taurus, which means now the sun is squaring Uranus, which means the sun in Aquarius answers to Uranus because Uranus is the ruler of Aquarius. So both the sun and Mercury answer to Uranus. And that means uh, in the sign of Aquarius, the sun and Mercury are very much about eccentricity, eclecticism, um, new and unusual things, but also ideas and inventions and clarity, science, uh, science, technology, engineering, math, and the arts. Um, that's I, Apparently, that's a new thing, steam instead of STEM. So um, Aquarius' ruler is in the sign ruled by Venus. So interestingly, Sun-Mercury answer to Uranus in Taurus. Taurus answers to uh, Venus and Neptune. Well, Venus in Pisces, but Venus is right next to Neptune. So they kind of are all talking in their own way. And they are gathering information about love, about money, beauty, anything that has to do with Venus and Venusian endeavors. It can be travel as well. Um, anything that's pleasurable or aesthetically beautiful or promotes those things are covered under this energy. So the sun and Mercury are going to feel more loving and in a roundabout way, a little bit more inclusive with their ruler being in Taurus. They are wanting to connect. And then, um, yeah, they're all clustered still in half of the chart. All the planets are in 180 degrees of the sky. And that's called a bowl. It means that there is a higher concentration of energy around a shift, around information, around understanding certain themes. And the themes are, and even though they're in half the sky, there's only one planet in one quarter of the sky, and the rest are in the other kind of quarter, so between Sagittarius and Pisces. And that is a, an understanding of the collective, a wrapping up of stories, which is late degrees and late signs. And so we're really coming to an end of a cycle. I know that um, there are other cycles that are beginning, especially with having planets touch on each other. But um, by degree, we are finishing off the end degrees of Capricorn and finishing off um, stories around that. As Mars gets farther along in Sagittarius, we'll be wrapping up the story of foreign affairs and doing much more internal structural shifts. And so, um, I do want to tell you, so this is the reason I came up with the electional election information for the show, is that at the beginning of the year when I was going over what was coming for this year, I noticed that Mars, which I believe only a couple of years ago was retrograde, uh, he retrogrades every couple of years, he was retrograde in Aries. Well, that's going to happen again this year. And I remember it very distinctly. I don't even think it was that long ago. It seems like it was just recently, like even last year, but I know it wasn't. It was probably 2018. Um, Mars in his own sign accents the energy of men and male maleness, you know, aggression, drive, assertiveness, ambition, all the things we classically assign to men. This year in September, he is at 28 degrees of Aries. So he goes in in July to Aries and he goes all the way to the end and then he retrogrades over the November election and then he goes direct again. So this means that there is a really strong drive and assertiveness 
around male or masculine energy. What fascinated me about this is that Elizabeth Warren, uh, one of the candidates in this upcoming election, filed her, um, her, or actually, let me see, yeah, she put her FEC filings for the election at zero degrees Mars in the Aries last year, or actually New Year's Eve last year. So it was December 31st, 2018. So her Mars for this election, her drive was in a male sign at the very first degree. So last year, not this New Year's Eve, but the year before, it was a tremendous force coming through of energy towards the male story, the, the drive around men. Because, of course, she's a woman, she is exerting herself in a very um, driven manner in her campaign with this Mars in Aries. So it's going to be really interesting to me what happens. And um, superficially, and I'm going to have to be somewhat superficial with this reading, I interpret some of that as being um, – there's going to probably be another split election, of course, because we're split as a country right now. And I think that she's, I mean, I really do need to do even more research. Like I said, there's just so much information, but this is something that caught my attention way back when it happened that she was announcing her candidacy at zero degrees Mars and Aries. Um, this election is November 3rd. And it's going to have, let me just, actually, there's a couple of really interesting things about that as well. Um, okay, so first off, it's 14 degrees, Scorpio rising. And the, the way I did this was 7 a.m. in Washington, D.C. is when the polls open. Yes, people are voting in advance, but there's no way to say, oh, yes. Um, and I'm not, well, I shouldn't say that. They may say, okay, as of this date, we will take, right, we will take votes from uh, mail-in ballots. But I'm not going to go to that length right now for this. I am going to just look at when the polls open, when people filed, and who the people are in their charts. And we'll just take that as far as we can take it in this uh, short amount of time. So the election has the sun at 11 degrees Scorpio, three degrees above the horizon in the 12th house at 7 a.m. Washington, D.C. on November 3rd, 2020. So that tells me, um, similar to the last chart uh, of the last election, which I think I brought up here, and I've, like I said, I've got so many charts up, um, we had the sun in the 12th house during the last election, and that may just be the way it's going to be for quite a while, because it is always, you know, in November, you're going to probably have that same rising sign and the sun's going to be in the same sign as the rising sign. So um, I, I haven't researched that to the nth degree. And, and this is the beauty of astrology is that there are so many ways of approaching as many astrologers as there are. There are ways of approaching the data. And I could go and I could research other elections and where the sun was on the day of the election and where all the other planets were and how they compare. And that's something I would do to my Scorpio energy. I love research, but, and also Uranus, which rules astrology is next to my Pluto in my chart. So I just love researching astrology. Um, but 
having the sun in the 12th means there are there's a certain amount of the ego of the people involved that are hidden. And so there's information that we may not completely know about those people. So this election, we have Mercury retrograde at the moment of the election, at the uh, beginning of the polls opening. But that very same day, Mercury goes direct. So that's a really fascinating thing to me because Mercury is how you express what you're thinking and, you know, what you tell people. So that tells me also that exit polls may not be accurate or polling is probably going to shift and change in favor of different candidates. Mercury will be, um, let me just see here. I've got so much, I've got my planner out and I've written so much all over it too. So that there's going to be kind of a split energy and Mercury goes direct at 12.50 p.m. Eastern. So just after lunchtime, it'll go looking back into the past and looking forward and wanting to create a final assessment of where we're at. Mercury retrograde is um, looking back over something that we've already gone over and reviewing. So look to the last few weeks before the election to be a huge review of everybody's character and their voting record and what they've done for you. Um, it's definitely going to be, I think it's going to be another split election. And the reason I say that is Mercury is in Libra, which is the scales and balance. We have Venus at seven degrees Libra also. So it is about finding the balance and thinking about balance. And what I say when I say balance is Whenever we feel out of sorts, we're looking to have a contrary energy to sort of right us and make us go back level. And that's what we're going to be really focused on in this election. The moon is in Gemini, which is also duality. It means the twins. So there are two. It's in conjunct to the sun in Scorpio. So emotions and thoughts will be really at odds. So we may feel that we want to vote a certain way, but intellectually we can't because maybe the candidates aren't the ones that we would prefer. Or maybe we're torn between two different ways of thinking. But the moon in Gemini is definitely going to influence uh, what's going on. The moon at 12 degrees Gemini uh, actually talks to um, Trump's information. Let me see if I can find his chart real quick. So 12 degrees Gemini comes up on Uranus at 18 in his chart. It's in his house of uh, joint finances. The moon will be uh, in his eighth house, which is also the politics segment of the chart. And let me just look at Elizabeth. And the reason I use Elizabeth is because of that announcing of her candidacy. She may not even be in the election. I haven't gotten that far, and I honestly don't have time to go in depth to that degree. I will pull up uh, Joe Biden. He has Gemini, uh, the energy of Gemini is on partnership in his chart, and the moon will be approaching his Saturn in the uh, seventh house of partnership, which tells me that he's more inclined to be um, a partner with someone else that would put him over the edge to you know, become president or vice president again, which... Who knows? Stranger things have happened, honestly. And Uranus in, in uh, his house of work means that there is a duality and associated with his workplace. 
And then let's see if we can find Bernie here. Oh, I don't know if I can do that very easily. I've got, like I said, I have so many charts up here. There he is. Okay, great. So interestingly, he also has Gemini in the House of Marriage and Partnership, and that it puts the moon right between Uranus and Jupiter in his chart. So moon near his Jupiter is really significant. He definitely has some positive electional energy coming into his chart. Let's just see where Saturn is that day. Saturn should be still in Capricorn or going back into Capricorn uh, because it retrogrades throughout the summer, doesn't get back into Aquarius till December. Um, I'm going to lose some of the live listeners. If you continue, you can hear the rest of the podcast in archive. I've got about a minute and a half here, so I'm just letting you know. I'm also trying to buy a little time to find the chart here. Okay, so we have Saturn at 26 degrees of Capricorn, Pluto at 22, and Jupiter at 21. So this is really a fascinating part of the chart as well, and that is Jupiter is at 21 degrees, which is one degree off of the Saturn-Pluto conjunction for uh, the beginning of the year for, uh, what, a week ago. We had Saturn, Sun, Mercury, Saturn, and Pluto all joined at 22. So on election day, Jupiter will be one degree off of a conjunction with Pluto. Saturn had moved on but retrograded back to 26 degrees, Actually, according to this chart, Saturn is direct on Election Day, so I haven't even looked at when Saturn goes direct, so that'll be interesting. But what that tells me is definitely the impeachment. Uh, That was all announced last week when Saturn was conjunct, that whole uh, moving the articles of impeachment over to the Senate. That was the big discussion. So uh, come Election Day, we are definitely going to have – Uh, A kind of reiteration of that and Jupiter interestingly Jupiter doesn't like to be restricted and yet he is in a sign that is of restriction so Jupiter is going what that tells me and this unfortunately is how I'm interpreting it Jupiter on Pluto means that there is a foreign faction that will have a very strong connection to this election and there's just no way getting around that. There's Jupiter is the foreign connection. Pluto, again, is bringing it out. So that very well could mean that we are finding out information that will be coming out at that time even more so, more strongly, about foreign interference with our elections. So I'm telling you, this is going to be a very rocking and rolling year around politics. Saturn goes direct September 28th. So Saturn in the last degrees of Capricorn is reflecting what's happening in this coming month. So for the next six weeks, this is the energy that we will be reliving come November. So uh, the degrees of 26 through zero of Aquarius and Saturn goes back into Aquarius on December 18th. I want to say having Jupiter near Pluto, Pluto rules politics, but it also rules law and legalities. Um, what that tells me is there's information coming in. There could be court. Um, there, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Let's just put it that way. It wouldn't surprise me at all 
if there were a court challenge to the results of the selection. And then Saturn at last degrees of Capricorn means that it is a final judgment. So, um, and honestly, I don't know that it'll, it will be resolved, the results of this election. Obviously, somebody has to run the country. Theoretically, we're in a hierarchical country for the time being. Maybe that will change over time and we will have uh, more of a group uh, faction. I would personally would prefer to see a quorum instead of a president. So there would be one group and then the Senate, the House, and then the quorum. But um, that idea hasn't necessarily come out in any way, shape, or form. I definitely think we have problems with having a single figurehead calling the shots. I think that we are a collective and we need to be represented as a collective. And yes, the House and the Senate are supposed to do that, but they've been split. So, you know, obviously having a triad is supposed to have a fulcrum and then the balancing points and a third party that can referee between the other two. Um, so it's just going to be really interesting as we move forward with all the energy. And 2024, having Pluto move into Aquarius, is going to be a really interesting uh, twist on what happens with the governing body of our country, being that Pluto represents government and um, the political side of the spectrum astrologically, moving into Aquarius, which rules humanitarianism, the people, but also autonomy. Um, it's going to be a major shift coming up in the next four years around how we look at the governing body of this country. And so this election in particular, I think it's going to be as contentious and rock and rolling as it's been for the last year during the presidency and what's been going on with impeachment. I think that it's going to be something to watch and it will definitely be historical and not a whole lot is going to be sedate about it anyway um yeah so i think i'm going to leave it there for this week if you have any questions about what the interpretation is or um want me to go over more about it we're going to be talking more as time goes on I'm really fascinated by this process, and I'm probably going to include it more in my podcasts. I do want to tell you that if you're in Orlando coming up in February, February 1st, I will be doing a workshop with my friend Zenzi Sky. She can be found on Instagram at Root to Spirit and also Facebook and also RootToSpirit.com. If you would like to join the workshop, uh, you can get in through her website at Root to Spirit. I believe I have it also posted on Facebook under Astro Energy or Angelic Zodiac. Um, also in February, I believe it's, in, and my date is not exact just yet, I will tell you next week, but um, I think it's around the 16th and 17th of February. I will be at another spirit fair here in Orlando with my other friend, Mary Ellen, and she is with the Sanctuary Florida. Um, so that's it's the sanctuaryfl.com. And you can also find out events for her stuff there. And so much more with her. She's got a lot of different events coming up this year. So if you're around the area, please check it out. And I'm really excited for this upcoming year. I've got a lot of different things percolating and really, really excited. So if you also would like a reading, contact me at angeliczodiac.com. 
the best way is through the site and email me. My email is so at angeliczodiac.com. And if you want to check out my art, you can do it at shellyoverton.com. And with that, I'm going to end the podcast. Thank you very much for listening this week. We'll see you next week. Hi, this is Shelly. Thank you for joining us this week. To contact me for a private reading, go to angeliczodiac.com under the readings tab. Background music was provided by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com with additional music by Tracy Coriel at tracyland.com, T-R-A-C-E-Y-L-A-N-D.com. Music provided on show-by-show basis will be credited within the body of the show. For more info on my art, go to ShellyOverton.com. That's S-H-E-L-L-E-Y-O-V-E-R-T-O-N.com. Merch and other astrological art can be found at astroart.net. To purchase my ebook, Learn Astrology, you can find it at angeliczodiac.com, including discounts. Be sure to check back next week and subscribe through iTunes at Astro Energy Astrology Show.